Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, as always, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball and Red Storm fans. The 2019-2020 season, the Mike Anderson era, is unofficially underway as the Red Storm open up uh, their season with an exhibition win over the Queens College Knights, 94-59, to a 35-point win, a predictable blowout for the Red Storm, in which they got off to a little bit of a slow start, but end up coming back uh, and winning relatively easily, letting Queens College back in the game for a little bit in the second half when it got down to 12 uh, for a while. But overall, you know, basically what you would have expected out of this exhibition game. Uh, St. John's really dominates most of the way. And as as their uh, final tune-up now before their regular season opener next Wednesday night against Mercer at Carneseca Arena, LJ Figueroa leads all scorers with 28 points. Mustafa Heron finishes with 26. He battled through a really slow start, I thought, and also battled through some injury concerns, uh, but ended up having a really nice game. Both of them ha- ended up having a really nice game. Uh, a few a few good things for St. John's, some not-so-good things to look at, so we're going to look at all of it uh, in this episode today. We will also have some thoughts or some of my thoughts on the Rasheem Dunn waiver situation, which I guess is still ongoing, but uh, my initial thoughts on his wa- on his hardship waiver being denied by the NCAA and uh, done being ruled ineligible for the 2019-2020 season. So I'll get to that in a moment. We also have the results of my second annual fan confidence uh, survey poll. I put it out last year with uh, with last week's episode. We got a good amount of, of replies, so thank you all for that. We're going to re- reveal the results uh, to that one as well in our final episode before the regular season gets underway. And I'm also going to briefly chat with uh, Nick Bellow, the uh, torch, uh, the uh, torch newspaper at St. John's. He's the sports editor there, so we're going to chat with him a little bit uh, on this on this uh, exhibition win for the Red Storm. But first, my thoughts on the win for St. John's. As I said, you know, relatively predictable. You, this game kind of went how you figured it would. A little bit slow of a start for St. John's that I personally didn't like to see. They got off to a very very slow start. I think trailed 14 to uh, to five early. And j- just as a, as a, a disclaimer, I can't find a box score anywhere. So I'm just kind of going off memory here. But uh, they trailed 14 to 5 relatively early. We're able to make a nice little comeback and then really blow uh, the game open midway through the uh, the first half, as you would have expected. LJ Figueroa was incredible tonight. He was shooting from everywhere, uh, didn't really seem to have a shot that was out of his range. And that's kind of the type of guy that they're going to need LJ to be this season. He finished with 28 points, uh, really was, 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 was a knockdown shooter tonight as well, which is going to be what they're going to need because it doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of shooters on the team. I mean, LJ is certainly going to be the uh, most consistent shooter. Heron was struggling a little bit to start, and uh, even like David Carraher, guys like that, weren't exactly hitting all their threes, and you can't really rely on those guys to start the season at least. So at least to start the season, they're going to need LJ to put up performances like he did tonight where he was just a a lights-out shooter from three-point range and getting to the basket as well. Um, As far as Mustafa Heron, 
He started off very, very slow, couldn't hit his first couple of shots, uh, really was struggling, and then kind of found a rhythm a little bit and then went down with the injury late in the first half. Very scary injury. Looked like it was a quad or a hip injury, I believe is right. Uh, quad or hip area limped off, went to the locker room, and then ended up coming back out for the second half, which I did not agree with. I would have just let him sit, and, uh, and no matter what that injury was, especially in an exhibition game like this. But Anderson decides to bring him back in, and, and Heron actually ends up having a very good game uh a quiet 26 points almost it felt like didn't really have a great game uh didn't have a whole lot of like highlight moments or highlight real moments but ended up having a pretty good game in 26 points and again you know if i said that that's what they needed from figueroa that's what they're going to need from mustafa heron as well and those two guys combined for 54 points tonight that's what they're going to need almost night in and night out obviously you're not going to get you know 28 and 26 from them every single night and you're not going to have them averaging 50 plus combined every single night, but you're going to need something close to that if you're going to be competitive, especially uh, in the Big East. So really, a really good game out of both of those two guys. Other guys that impressed me a lot, uh, Josh Roberts. I mean, we, we saw glimpses of him of him last season and what he could do in the limited minutes that he played. I think every single St. John's fan felt like Robert should have been playing uh, a lot more last season. And we saw it tonight. I mean, this kid could jump out of the gym. He is so athletic and so athletic around the rim, too. Just, you know, even just grabbing rebounds, just tipping balls in and just getting, you know, just playing playing so above the rim. It's impressive. And, and, and like I said, he is such an athlete, such an athlete. I mean, you can't find a better athlete than this kid. He needs to get a little bit more of a touch around the rim. I think he's a little bit raw still around the rim. But overall, I mean, I mean, just a- as someone who's going to be able to grab rebounds, alter shots on the defensive end, and and you know, and you know, maybe tap balls out on the offensive end as well. Josh Roberts looked really, really good tonight in the extended playing time that he got, which he didn't really get that opportunity last year at all. That was one of the biggest um, reasons I think that we were all upset with Chris Mullins coaching last year was not playing this guy more and Josh Roberts comes out and obviously albeit you know you take everything in this game with a grain of salt against division two competition but a really really nice start uh, for Josh Roberts now we'll see how he starts to perform as the competition gets progressively tougher and tougher as we uh, enter the year and and to to be honest you know the opponents get more get bigger and bigger as as the uh, as the year goes by as well Another guy who uh, who I thought played a relatively nice game as well was Marcellus Erlington. If we didn't see much of Josh Roberts, we really saw even less of Erlington last season, and, and he played well. I thought that he did a, he, he did a relatively nice job. Um, you know, you know, again, just being another body. Even Damian Sears, I thought, had a nice game, just being another body uh, down low. You know, getting some rebounds, getting some easy tip-ins around the basket, altering some shots. Both those guys, I think, are going to be really, really huge for St. John's in the front court, especially before Ian Steer comes back. They're going to need those guys to step up and play like they did tonight. Again, D2 competition, you have to take it with a grain of salt, but a very, very good performance by both of them. The struggles that I thought I saw from St. John's tonight, the obvious one is the three-point defense. It was horrendous tonight. Way too many open shooters. And if if Queens College is knocking down that many open threes against you, you're going to have a, a big wake-up call come uh, when you play real competition, especially in the Big East. But even, even some of these non-conference opponents that they're going to play will torch them from three-point range if their defense continues to be that bad. Um, just way too many open shooters. I know that they were switching back and forth 
from the man and playing from playing man and playing zone, but way too many open three point shooters, and they will get torched in Big East play. And, and when they play some better non conference opponents, if uh, if Queens College was torching them tonight, so that's something that really needs to improve, especially early in the game. They just look so bad. They tightened it up a little bit, and they got kind of lazy. I feel like again to start the second half as well. Um, so that that's something that really needs to be worked on. Another negative, or not really a negative, but um, I would have liked to see more of Julian Champagne. I'm sorry, I'm still not 100% how to pronounce his name. Uh, he got the start tonight and then got two fouls really right away in the first couple of minutes, and I feel like we didn't see a whole lot of him tonight. I would like to see a little bit more of out of him. I was really excited. Uh, this was really our first chance to get to watch him, and he really only uh, was on the court for a couple minutes early in that first half. Picked up those two fouls, and I don't think I don't think came back until very late in the first first half and then you know the second half is kind of tough to judge when it kind of just becomes an open gym at that point but um, I would like to see more out of uh, out of Cham- Champagne or Champagne not 100% sure how to pronounce his name yet but we'll, we'll get to that uh, uh, as the season rolls on and uh, you know just my final thought it was, it was nice to, to see St. John's back it was nice to see Mike Anderson coaching his first game really coaching the guys up getting on some guys when they made some mistakes uh, taking charge in the huddle not to disrespect any former coaches but that was a a welcome sight seeing our coach actually coach in the uh, in the uh, t- in a t- huddle during timeout so that was nice and uh, yeah it's an it's a very easy exhibition win for St. John's and they uh, they move to well they they remain zero and zero but they win this exhibition game now and now we look ahead to uh, to Mercer coming up uh, later in the uh, uh, next week but those are just my thought my quick thoughts on the uh, exhibition win tonight. Looking ahead, or I'm sorry, looking back to earlier this week, we got the news of Rasheem Dunn being ruled ineligible, having his hardship waiver denied by the NCAA. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. I think that this is an absolute travesty, as you would expect, uh, not only for St. John's, but more so for this kid now who had to sit out all of last season at Cleveland State, comes back to St. John's. For From everything that I heard and that I had seen, it seemed like it, it was just kind of kind of basically a, uh, a given that he was going to get this waiver and be able to play this season. And then out of nowhere, this news comes Sunday morning that it's been denied and that the uh, Cleveland State AD, that buffoon, uh, uh, apparently blocked it or, or not blocked it, but 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 put in a word to try to maybe stop uh, him from being eligible. What an idiot that guy is! But whatever. You know, at that point, you know, I, I'm not going to direct all the blame on that guy. I think he's gotten enough hate from the St. John's fans online. But it, it just shows you, you know, the the worst. The, the, this entire story is just basically the worst of of the NCAA. All the terrible terribleness of the NCAA is on display in this one. Uh, players not being able to free move around a kid now losing a year of eligibility and basically going three years in between uh, playing big time college basketball all because he wanted to better himself he wanted to get out of a situation that he didn't feel was right for him uh, with a new head coach and his head coach that recruited him at Cleveland State just being fired uh, wanting to return home and now Rasheem Dunn's not able to do that all because of you know the NCAA's stupidity and the uh, the arrogance and the pettiness of this Cleveland State athletic director, who I'm not even going to reference his name, um, that that dumb dummy. But whatever. At the end of the day, it's it's a shame. 
Uh, I heard Tariq Turner on the uh, ESPN broadcast or the ESPN3 broadcast seem like there is maybe a shot for an appeal, but who knows at this point, um, you know, the appeal, St. John's hasn't had much luck, I feel like, with these waivers besides Mustafa Heron in uh, in last year, so I'm not really too confident in an appeal. I think if the NCAA is dumb enough to rule against Dunn in the first place, I'm not too confident in them uh, catching the error of their ways and overturning their ruling, and even if they do, I, I, that's just not something that I see happening right away. To be honest, I, maybe I'd be wrong. I would love to be wrong and have Rasheem Dunn eligible for a majority of this season. But just knowing how the NCAA works and how long they take to even get these uh, waivers out there, I, I just can't see a scenario where you know they 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 change course and grant Dunn some eligibility now uh, in the next couple of days or even the next couple of weeks. So. It's a damn shame, and it leaves St. John's relatively shorthanded now at the point guard position. Nick Rutherford and um, and Greg Williams, really the only two true uh, point guards. Obviously, Heron and Figueroa can handle the ball as well, but but in terms of, of true point guards, that's the only two now on the roster. Only nine scholarship players on the roster to start the year as well. So it's going to be a battle for St. John's. Maybe something will change with Dunn or even Steer, but at this point, it's going to be a battle early on in the season for St. John's and throughout the season, not having a kid like Rasheed Dunn, who, if you listen to this show last week, Zach Braziller said he thought Dunn would be their third best player this season. So it's a, it's a really big blow for St. John's. We'll see how they're able to react uh, in, the, in the coming weeks when they play some real games now without him. Uh, but we'll see. And then maybe maybe something changes with this waiver and he's able to get it. But right now, doesn't look too good. And it's a damn shame. And it's a damn shame that, that this, you know, this pettiness and this sleaziness of the NCAA uh, rears its ugly head again. And we see a kid like Rasheem Dunn have to suffer for it. But on that negative note, let's turn to a more positive note and let's talk a little bit more about this St. John's uh, exhibition win, this 35-point win over Queens College, the local rival Queens College. We're going to do that with Nick Bello, the sports editor of the Torch newspaper. That's the St. John's on-campus newspaper. I am a uh, Torch alumni. I am a former Torch sports editor. So Nick is just the latest uh, sports editor to take that mantle. He's done an outstanding job with it. He is an outstanding uh, talent Great photographer, great writer, does a very, very good job. You can check him out on Twitter at nbello8. He uh, came on at one point last year, I believe he came on a few times, so he's back on for uh, season number two, and I hope you guys enjoy this. I'll be back on the other side of this interview. We're going to do our season survey, our preseason survey, our fan confidence uh, survey for the uh, 2019-2020 season, so that'll be on the other end of this interview, but I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Nick Bello. Check it out. All right, I want. I now want to welcome on Nick Bello, it's the uh, Torch newspaper sports editor. He is the uh, latest in a long line of of uh, successful sports editors there at the Torch, uh, of course, including myself. And uh, he's the latest to do a really good job. Nick, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Troy. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm feeling good after that win for St. John's. Um, you know, not the most impressive start for the Red Storm, but they they certainly uh, rebounded and and ended up looking looking pretty good. I I would say it was it was a pretty impressive game for St. John's, especially in the offensive end. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I also want to add that the defense did really good. Um, the 40 minutes of hell was more of a let's say maybe 20 minutes of hell uh, tonight. But um, yeah, I mean. Overall, I thought it was a pretty good win and a pretty positive uh, statement for them. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. The, 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 the defense, I thought that the three-point defense was, was was atrocious. But besides that, like you said, the, the, they did have moments in this game where like that, that 20 minutes was kind of spread out throughout the game where it was like little three or four-minute pockets where they were forcing a lot of turnovers and getting a lot of easy baskets, which I guess is something that we could expect throughout the year. I mean, it's not going to be as easy as, as against Queens College, but, but that you were right. That did kind of seem like it's uh, something that we can expect throughout the season. No, yeah, absolutely, and I think these next, you know, you know, start of the season where they're playing Mercer, I can't remember both they play, but um, I mean, that's going to be, you know, time for them to kind of, you know, clamp down and really focus on working on things that they're not good at once, uh, you know, West Virginia comes to town or even Vermont comes to town, so um, I mean, a very positive game, though, I think. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, on the offensive end, uh, LJ Figueroa, I think 28 points. I don't have a box score, but I think he had 28 points. Uh, That seemed like, to me, the type of game that he's going to have to have. Um, I think that either Heron or Figueroa are going to need to be on the court almost at all times because like, like that's really going to be where a bulk of their scoring is going to come from. It feels like, at least early on in the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's you know, when you have both of them on the court and both of them are, you know, really on their game, that's when you're going to be the most successful. And, you know, without a guy like Shemore Pons this year, without, you know, really a clear starting five, um, you know, you have to really count on and rely on those two. Um, I like what I saw from this night. Um, you know, <laughs> watching Heron go down for a little bit in the first half was a little bit scary, but, uh, you know, he was able to come back and... Yeah, I mean, I like what I saw from both of them. Absolutely. Would you have brought – I don't know if I would have brought Heron back. I mean, it seemed like he was fine. But just as a precaution, I don't know if I would have brought him back. What do you think? Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, so I was on the fourth night with uh, taking photos. Mm. And uh, the photographer next to me, I mean, we were discussing the injury. And we both agreed that we would not bring him back out. But, I mean, you know, it, it's nice – to see him actually go back out and not have to assume, oh, maybe he's out for a season or something. You know, so I see him go back out and actually play, you know, ensure that he's fine. Exactly, yeah. It, it did kind of, like, quell the rumors a little bit or the worry that he might have been out for an extended period of time. So that's a positive, at least. Um, you know, the, the, the supporting cast tonight, it felt like Josh Roberts had a really good game. It felt like Erlington had a really good game. Uh, Greg Williams had an okay game as well. What would you think of, of the guys not named Heron and uh, Figueroa tonight? Yeah, um, I thought I thought the guys who are returning from last year played very well, given them the limited amount of time that they played mm-hmm. uh, under Mullen. Um, I thought Mark, Marcel's early pinch jumper looked uh, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we didn't really see last year from him, but uh, he was really hitting shots and he was running the floor really well. Um, I thought Greg Williams did a good job of kind of, you know, leaking the offense, even though he didn't really get a scoreboard that much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, John Roberts, uh, we saw from last year in spurts where he can, you know, kind of go on runs. And he showed that tonight. I mean, he crashes the glass hard, gets a lot of rebounds, and gets a lot of hit-ins on offense. So, I mean, I liked what I saw from those guys. Um, outside of that, Nick Rutherford, I thought, had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Anderson kind of, you know, telling him what to do. Same thing with David Carraher. Mm-hmm. Him and Carraher were really uh, being instructed by um, by Anderson as well as Champagne, mm-hmm. who was also uh, 
kind of in the doghouse with Anderson for a little bit. It seems like he just kept yelling at him. <laughs> um, but, I mean, overall, I liked what I saw from the new guys, some of the guys who uh, didn't really play as much last year. Mm-hmm. But that, that's good to see Anderson yelling at these guys and, and you know, you know, coaching them up. It's it's something that we obviously didn't see last year. Not not to, you know, crap all over Mullen, but it's something that we just didn't see. You know, we didn't see like a real college basketball coach, I felt like. It's good to see Anderson actually getting on these guys, right? Oh, no, yeah. I, I actually agree with that, and I actually said it, too, in the first five minutes of the game because you were yelling at people and actually <laughs> taking guys out. They made a mistake, mm-hmm. it seemed like, uh, which was definitely you know a positive thing to see after you know with Mullen I mean you know you can argue he wasn't a coach and here and there but I mean one thing he didn't do was really get on guys for making mistakes or you know just kind of really coaching guys Mm-hmm. So, I mean, definitely a positive thing to see. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and one more thing on, on tonight's game. The uh, the the front court as a whole looked really good. I mean, I mean, I, you obviously have to take it with a grain of salt con- considering the uh, competition. But Roberts and, and uh, Erlington and, and even Sears looked pretty good. The fact that they're going to get Ian Steer back in a couple weeks, I, I think that this front court is going to be much improved uh, since last year at least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those guys really bang down low, and, you know, they grabbed a lot of rebounds tonight. Um, you know, at times it, it was a little bit sloppy down low in terms of rebounds, yeah. but for the most part, they're really there to grab boards and, uh, you know, do their job. And even just getting back on defense um, was a good thing that I saw for them tonight. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. This can be a, a very good uh, front court forward. Absolutely. Um, you know, looking at the season – as a whole now, they're picked to finish obviously ninth in the Big East. Not a whole lot of, out of expectations for the season. For, for you personally, what would be a, a successful season for St. John's this year? Um, I'd say maybe, you know, middle pack of, of the Big East. I mean, I think this team, um, you know, I think a lot has to go in there for this to happen, but I think this team could make an NIT run or even like a first four in run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, you know, you get Teams up that if you get, you know, steer if steer can come back and be as effective as you know we think he can be uh, when he comes back. Um, yeah, I mean, this team has a lot of potential. Also, and there, I mean, if it doesn't happen this year, well, you know, when with years uh, coming forward. I think they can be something. Absolutely, the the potential is there. There are obviously a lot of question marks, but uh, like like you said, I think that the potential is there to be a team that that maybe their ceiling could be, you know, an NIT bid or you know anywhere like close to the NCAA tournament. I don't know if they could make it, but close. Uh, how, how many conference wins do you think they could put up this season? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, I'm not sure because. This conference this year is so tough to yeah. determine who's going to who. It was like last year, mm-hmm. where you know you had like teams like DePaul, and you know they just had people losing to people they shouldn't have lost to, people mm-hmm. winning games that they have won. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure. I would say it could go 500, or maybe more two games below 500. Biggies, mm-hmm. um, anything above that, great that great success. Even 500 is a success for Mike Anderson in his first year in Biggies. Absolutely, and if you had to, 
to pick a third uh, player now to kind of step up for the Red Storm besides LJ and Mustafa. Uh, the obvious choice a week ago probably would have been Rasheem Dunn, but with, with Dunn's eligibility kind of in question now, uh, who, who would you pick now as that, in, you know, based on tonight maybe even, who would you pick as that kind of third scoring option for St. John's? Um, I'd say maybe even uh, Josh Roberts. Mm-hmm. From what I saw from him tonight, I thought he looked really good. Maybe even Erlington. If you, I mean, one of those two, I think, can you know really lead this team uh, along with Heron and Figueroa. Absolutely, and I, I think they're going to need anywhere from from like forty to fifty points a night from Heron and Figueroa because 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 the rest of the team, I don't know if anyone else will average in double figures, but I think if they can get a game like, I mean, you're not always going to get twenty eight and twenty six out of those two, but anywhere but like plus forty points, I think from those two would be probably probably a good effort, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they're going to be carried most of the scoring load, and if they're not, there's a problem. It's either you're losing games or maybe it's a good thing if some guys are stepping up. But, yeah, I think they're going to have to carry most of the load for this team. Absolutely. Well, Nick, I want to thank you for uh, giving me a couple minutes here. Uh, do you guys uh, – Ted, I mean, obviously I know you're doing the torch uh, with the courtside. Is, is courtside out or is it coming out this season or is it already out? Uh, yeah, it's actually – thank you for asking. So we're releasing that on, I think, Tuesday. This, tu- this coming Tuesday or Wednesday for the – um, upcoming um, first game for St. John's. Mm-hmm. So definitely look out for that. Um, we're going to be announcing on social media in the, in the coming days as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of working on it. We have a lot of good stuff uh, coming in from our writers. And uh, I'm excited to you know, release this uh, to you guys because uh, I mean, we've been working on this for months now and uh, it, it's going to be good, trust me. Absolutely. I know the work that goes into that. It's a lot of hard work and it, it turns out a really, really good good uh, product. It's so it's it'll be on campus obviously. Will there be there'll be a place on social media where people if they don't if they're not by campus they can order it, obviously, I'm guessing. Um yes. And you can read the articles online as well at uh, torchonline.com. Great. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. Like I like I said, courtside is uh is like a rite of passage for the uh, the torch sports writers. It's it's a really really uh, tough thing to get done, but when it does get done, the contact the content really shows in it. And uh, I'm sure Nick's gonna do a great job with that this year. But uh, thank you, man, for coming on. Obviously, we'll we'll definitely have you on a couple more times this season. And I, I would like some of your some of your staff to come on as well if, if uh, any of them are, are interested uh, in coming on throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them uh, will be covering the game as well, so I'll definitely give them your number, and, uh, and we'll see. We'll see what happens with this team. Absolutely, man. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, go enjoy the rest of the World Series, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Um, I actually have to go write an article for Portside, so I won't be enjoying the World Series. But thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll catch the highlights on Twitter then. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Talk to you later, man. All right. See ya. Let's now get into the second ever installment of our annual fan survey. Uh, This is the first ever time that we've done this in the preseason. Uh, If you're not aware, last week, last Thursday, I tweeted out a a link to this survey. It was a 10-question survey, um, just sort of a confidence poll for the fan base going into the preseason. We got a good number of answers, actually. Um, Very, very happy with the the number of responses that I got. It's really uh, in tune with, with the amount of listeners to this show that we get weekly. So really happy. Thank you, everyone, for voting on this. 
Like I said, it took literally one minute if you did it. So I really appreciate those who voted on it. And let's get right into the results. Uh, it's 10 questions, like I said. Most of them are, are multiple choice type things. And uh, we'll, we'll just get right into it. So number one, it was on a scale of one to 10, what is your overall confidence rating heading into the season? One being we won't win a Big East game, 10 being we'll make the final four. Uh, I'll give my responses to these first and then uh, I'll, I'll reveal the audience's answers. I would probably say around a, 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 a five or a six, I would say. Um, you know, not, not terribly confident, especially with how good the Big East is, but I think Mike Anderson has certainly inspired a lot of confidence in me and this fan base, and that actually um, shows up in this poll as well. We've got uh, a five as a confidence rating as the number one answer. 25% of the responses uh, were a confidence rating of five, and six was right behind it at 23.7%. So five and six seems like the uh, the confidence level out of 10 for the, the fan base this season, and I, I think that's a fair uh, level of confidence. Number two, aside from Mustafa Heron and LJ Figueroa, who steps up as the third scoring leader for St. John's this season? Obviously, this question ends up being a little bit outdated with the recent news of Rasheem Dunn and even uh, Ian Steer. Rasheem Dunn ran away with this uh, one. He was he was 41% of responses said Rasheem Dunn, 22% said Greg Williams, and 20, 20% said Ian Steer. <laughs> so 60% of this poll is, is now not eligible for at least the first couple games of the season. Uh, with with those with that in mind, I will probably say Greg Williams. He's got, uh, I guess the most experience although I could see Julian Champagne as well being one of those guys who uh, who steps up as a scoring leader I think that he can kind of be the breakout star for this team this season but that's number two so number three how many points per game will Mustafa Heron and LJ Figueroa combine to score this season I think you probably have to figure both of them get near 20 points per game this season uh maybe they don't they don't surpass it but I, I could see both of them definitely being in the high teens i could see figueroa maybe getting into the low 20s as well uh, i would probably say somewhere in between the uh, in the 30s and the 40s the um the audience said that as well. 50% and half the responses exactly actually said anywhere between 35 to 40. And I would happen to agree with that. I would I would say, like I said, probably they'll both they'll definitely both be in the high teens, and I could see one of them uh, venturing into the low 20s as well. So anywhere from that 35 to 40 range would make sense to me. Question number four. Of the returning bench players from last season, who has the best and most impactful 2019-2020 season? This was actually one of our closer responses. The three uh, the three options were Josh Roberts, Greg Williams, and Marcellus Erlington. Greg Williams won. Uh, he had 51% of the votes. Josh Roberts got 36% of the votes. And Marcellus Erlington got 12% of the votes. It, it, it's really, I think it would be Williams, especially now with this news of Dunn. Uh, Williams, they're going to count on him a lot. And he needs to be healthy, obviously, but they're going to count on Williams a lot to really be one of the guards of this team. That's, and I think they're going to count on him a lot to be a scoring option as well. Roberts, too, though. They're going to need Roberts in the front court to be a, a big front court presence for them when Steer's out. And even when Steer's back, they're going to need Roberts to step up as well. So that's question number four. Going on to question number five. Which new addition are you most looking forward to see play this season? There was one runaway response, and then three responses were very close to each other. The options were Julian Champagne, Rasheem Dunn, David Carraher, 
Damian Sears, Nick Rutherford, and Ian Steer. The runaway response was Ian Steer at 41%. And tied for second were Julian Champagne and Rasheem Dunn, who each got about 19% of the vote themselves. David Carraher got 15% of the vote himself. And luckily, for, or fortunate enough for St. John's fans, we will get to see Steer at some point this season, just not right away. And I think, you know, from what we've seen, at least so far, he's he's certainly going to be the one to look out for the uh, the new addition. Unfortunately for St. John's fans, though, Dunn does not look like he'll be on the, he'll be, uh, on the court for St. John's this season. But Champagne as well seems like he could be someone who, uh, who could have an impact, like I said before. And even David Carraher, you know, I, I think that he's kind of flown under the radar. He's been someone who's been here for a year now after transferring. He, I think he kind of knows the system. He obviously, obviously no one really knows the system, but he's, he knows the culture of St. John's. He's been there for a while, so it won't be a big jump for him to be, you know, jump into playing time. I think he could be kind of an underrated uh, addition for St. John's this season. Question number six. How many conference games does St. John's win this season? Uh, the, I made the options anywhere from zero to nine or more because uh, I don't. I don't think anyone really thinks that they're getting over nine. Although, let's see, six percent of people did say nine or more. So, very optimistic going into the season. Uh, if you've listened to the show in the last couple of weeks, I said I think that they can go six and and twelve in the Big East, and that would be a success. Uh, the fan, the uh, responses mostly agree with me. Uh, I'll, I'll literally half the responses actually say either six or seven wins in the in the Big East. Twenty five percent or twenty six of you, twenty six percent of you, sorry, said seven uh, Big East wins, which I think would be a rousing success if they can get to seven in the conference. And even if they get to six, like I said, I think that would be a success. But most fans seem to say five, six, or seven wins in the conference, which is really all you can expect so far. Uh, heading into the 2019-2020 season. Question number seven, where does St. John's finish in the Big East this season? I said fifth place or better, sixth place, seventh place, eighth place, ninth place, or tenth place were the options. Seventh place was the leading vote getter at 31%. But sixth place was right there as well with 26%. So a little bit of optimism there for the Red Storm fans. We all think I would probably say seventh place as well just because I'm hoping that they can they can not have to be in uh, in that 8, 9, or 10 scenario. But, I, um, you know, you never really know. There is some optimism here, obviously, with a lot of people saying um, sixth place. But I would probably say seventh place. And I think most of the responses agree with me as well at 30% saying uh, seventh place for the Red Storm this season season going ahead to question number eight will st john's finish above 500 overall this season the options were yes or no 74 percent of you say yes 26 percent say no so a very very high percentage of the fan base thinks that we will be finishing above 500 this season and that mike anderson's streak uh, will continue I think it's going to be tough, but I think they can do it. Like I said, I think that if they can avoid any more than three to four losses in the non-conference, I think that they'll have a legitimate shot at it because I think that they can get to six wins in the conference as well. So, you know, I think that they're really though really going to be right around that 14, 15, 16 uh, win mark, which is going to be very, very close to 500. So we'll see how the sh- uh, season shakes up. I would probably say yes to this as well, just to be a little bit confident and optimistic, but it's going to be very, very close for the Red Storm. And I don't think that's a hot take by me in saying that. Now this, 
was impressive for me. Question number nine, it was, do you approve of the job that Mike Anderson and company have done through their first six months on the job? And for the first time in this poll's history, in the two years we've done it now, we have a unanimous answer. The entire audience said, yes, we approve of the job that Mike Anderson and his staff have done through their first six months on the job. All Every single response actually said yes to that. So that's a great, great start for Mike Anderson. I guess that wasn't really a necessary question for me to ask then if the entire audience said yes. But uh, good to see. I I, I was kind of interested in that, like an approval rating almost for a politician. And it is kind of cool to see Anderson getting a full 100% approval rating by uh, by the fan base. So good job, Mike Anderson. But now the season starts. We'll see if that dips at all going into the season. And our final question, what is the most important aspect of this season before you besides the on the court results? The options were develop a culture under a new head coach, develop underclassmen into leaders of future teams, land significant recruits for future seasons, or upset a few top 15 teams and make a t-shirt about it. Obviously, that last one was a little bit of a joke uh, going back to uh, the, the team two years ago, but had to throw it in there as well. The leading vote getter was develop a culture under a new head coach with 57% of the votes. I would probably agree with that one as well. Uh, the second was land, land significant recruits. That one got about 28% of the votes as well. Uh, I, I think that that's going to be the big thing about this season is developing that culture under Mike Anderson and you know, seeing if this team can, can can have a culture built around Mike Anderson now, like he did in Missouri, like he did at Arkansas, um, and this this team this is a team that's really lacked a culture at St. John's for the better part of a decade now. They haven't had that coach that's you know in there and is a college basketball coach like we like we talked about with Zach last week, a, a real college basketball lifer, a guy who this is his job, this is his focus, not someone who if they leave this job can go into TV or can go into the NBA. Mike Anderson is here and he is a college basketball lifer and he's a college basketball head coach and he needs to develop that culture centered around that passion and that intensity that he has for college basketball. And I think that's really the most important aspect of the season. You know, if St. John's only wins 11 or 12 games this season, but you feel confident and you feel like something is building and there's a culture being built, I would take that honestly, because I would, I would much rather have that than be where they were in the past under Lavin and Mullen. No disrespect to those guys where there wasn't really that that culture of winning or that culture of, of hard work and success here at St. John. So if Mike Anderson can can start at least start to build that in this season, I would consider that a success, honestly. But yeah, that just about wraps up our show for today. Thank you all for listening to our uh, exhibition recap and to that little survey thing. Thank you to Nick Bello for coming on and talking about the exhibition win for St. John's. And next week we will get the real season started. Finally, it's finally here. Uh, starting next week, St. John's versus Mercer. I'll have an episode coming out uh, at around the same time next week, probably after the game. So uh, be on the lookout for that on uh, season two of the Seeing Red podcast. Uh, as always, if anyone is interested in coming on after these games and breaking them down with me and chatting about the games, like I said, you don't have to be a reporter. You don't have to be an analyst or anything like that. If you're just a fan and if you're passionate about the team, I would love to have you on. So anyone who's listening who, who wants to just, even if you want to scream and yell about the team, if you're upset or if you're happy one way or another, uh, I'd love to have you on. So please hit me up on Twitter. Uh, the DMs are always open. So if you're ever interested, please hit me up. But uh, thank you all for listening 
listening to this episode, and I uh, hope to hear, hope to have everyone back for next week for our uh, first real game of the season when St. John's takes on Mercer. So the season's finally here, everyone. We made it through another long off season, and we are back. Uh, college basketball is back, and St. John's is back as well. Talk to everyone next week, and let's go, Johnnies.